Scott Colborn and Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. How are you, ladies and gentlemen? Are you doing good? Are you having a great day in the neighborhood? I sure am. Now, we got sort of gypped on the snow here in Lincoln, Nebraska. We were expected to get part of that system that moved through. Uh, instead, it gave us some uh, freezing rain. And then they came back and got most of it because it's no longer frozen out there. It went away. And, uh, Jim, I think, I think that luminous orb up there is some it's people the call sun. the sun. Yeah. Wow. I, I think most of the ice sublimated or just basically evaporated. Yeah, I, I went through that one time after uh, I drank too much. I sublimated. You, you yeah. sublimated. That's why I quit wow. drinking. Okay, so uh, we're going to have a great show for you today. If you've been listening for weeks, months, or years, you probably come to expect that, and we appreciate you guys and gals being out there. Um, 34 years and counting. We're going to start the program off with Charlene, and she's with the Capital Humane Society, and this is called Pet Talk. Hi, Charlene. Good morning. Hey, so the big story that everybody's talking about is where the heck did all those cats come from? <laughs> yeah, they were surrendered to us um, the last weekend, um, and we are so, so grateful for the community's response to the situation. We have had so many donations, both uh, monetary gifts and uh, litter and cat food and towels and blankets to help us care for the cats. And even better, so many people came out to adopt the cats and give them loving forever homes. So we'll call those the lucky 84. <laughs> it's amazing that, that so many people chose adoption. Um, we do have pictures of some of those new families with their adopted cat on our Facebook page. And it's just beautiful to see such a loving community. And I see you're calling this Project 84. That's a catchy name. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We had um, uh, a special adoption fee, and so many people, like I said, came out to adopt. And just looking at their pictures on our Facebook page just makes you smile. Speaking of pictures, I see Scott's looking at some cat pictures on the computer here. Yeah, let's nice. do some cats for adoption. How about okay, that? Okay, you got it. So we have some beautiful cats still waiting for homes. We'll start with Mrs. Bella. <laughs> She's one of our longer stay cats. Uh, she's six years old, has beautiful black and brown tabby markings. Uh, she is one of our staff favorites because she is very, very sweet and fun and full of personality. Uh, she is looking for a home without kids under 12 years because she does need someone who's cat savvy, and she wants to be the only cat in your home. Such an elegant-looking lady. Yes. Hmm. And I love those, those markings around her neck and chest there, uh -huh. those stripes. Mm -hmm. Beautiful yes. cat. Mrs. Bella, she's joined by Damon, and Damon has beautiful long hair. He's two years old, wow. neutered male. He's looking pretty shy in his photo there, and he is a little bit timid, but with a nice, calm home, he's going to be a very fun companion. What a pretty kitty. Yes. Damon. <laughs> this is Damon. Damon That's Damon. right. Yeah. Yeah, look at look at his ears, Jim. His ear, yeah, furry, isn't that fun? Furry ears and uh, the the white on the front of his snout and the long whiskers that just curl around. Boy, he's going to have great hearing with that hair there, boy. Okay, Damon, great looking cat, and and if you haven't already done so, you can fire up the computer. We're at capitalhumanesociety.org. 
We've talked about Mrs. Bella and Damon. You can follow along and click on the thumbnail to get more information for each of these cats. Uh, Charlene, who's next? Sherlock. <laughs> and he has a gorgeous picture. Our volunteer wow. photographer is so talented. Yes. He's also a long-haired cat, kind of a buff orange tabby, very intelligent, as his name uh, implies, and he is ready to be your smart sidekick. And, and what's that saying? No kidding, Sherlock? <laughs> or something like that? This is a lioness. Yes. She's just got that regal lion quality. A pretty kitty. Yeah, she she's trying to decide if she's going to purr, swatch you, or just walk <laughs> away and ignore you here. <laughs> or dazzle you with conversation. Uh, yeah. Great looking cat. Take bad. a look at the picture. Sherlock, along with Damon and Mrs. Bella. And uh, so uh, thank you so much to all the folks that stepped forward and helped out in terms of things that uh, were donated, as well as folks that went out and adopted cats. I can't imagine how that must be to have a facility suddenly have 84 cats. My goodness. Right. So, yes, it is a challenge, and we need that support from the community, and we got it. Okay, so we've got great cats for adoption, but we've also got great dogs for adoption. We can start with Rudy. And Rudy is a cute little guy, a rat terrier mix, a neutered male, about two years old. Uh, he loves to be with people. Really, uh, when our volunteers come in, he just wants to snuggle up. Um, but he does like his exercise and playtime, too. So he has plenty of energy and is looking for a family that will keep up <clears> with him. <laughs> Rudy. <laughs> I, I thought that's just a cool name for a dog. I told a story several uh, several years ago about a, a a family with a dog by the name of Rudy. I just I always thought that was very, very cool. Yeah, yep. One of my best friends, Ron Sternyad, his dad's name was Rudy, so that was my first introduction to a, a cool guy. Uh, speaking of cool guys, Rudy is on the CapitalHumaneSociety.org website. CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Take a look at his picture. Click on the thumbnail. And who's his buddy? Who's next? Jubilee. And Jubilee is a pretty 10-month-old spayed female pit bull. Uh, she can be a little bit timid at first, but don't let that fool you. She very much wants to play and have a lot of fun. Uh, she is looking for a family that is active because she is active. Um, she should probably meet other dogs to make sure everyone's going to get along. Um, but she did do fine when she um, met one of our dogs when we did an interaction. Uh, she was a little bit pushy, though, so it's a good idea to have your dog along when you come to meet Jubilee and see if they're going to be good friends. And she's got a what looks like sideways state of Texas marking on her <laughs> on her chest there. That's what it looks like. So Jubilee is a cool dog. Investigate Jubilee further. Click on that thumbnail picture, capitalhumanesociety.org. And uh, who's our final dog? Natalie. Natalie's a beautiful pit bull, a spayed female, 10 months old. She's the Blue color, I think they call it, but it's a gray to me. Uh, mm -hmm. She has a whole lot of personality, um, just really a smart dog, wants very much to be part of a, a family that will make her an important member. So if you're looking for an exuberant member of your family, ask about Natalie. Cool-looking dog. Okay, we've got Rudy, Jubilee, and Natalie. We've looked at their pictures at CapitalHumaneSociety.org. Better yet, you can go see these cats and dogs today and tomorrow. And here's Charlene with their hours open. 
our Pylock Pet Adoption Center is open on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5.30. We've had a lot of folks bring out things for uh, donated supplies and cat food, dog food, etc. When folks stop out this weekend, uh, maybe their interest is piqued by one of the dogs or cats we talked about, what can they bring? It's always good to bring items off of our wish list. Um, because of the um, outpouring of support, we do have some uh, storage supply uh, space issues. <laughs> so monetary gifts are wonderful if you're able to do that. Or um, cans of dog and cat food are always appreciated. Okay, Charlene, thank you uh, and the staff for all the important work. And I hope you have a glorious rest of day. You too. Thank you so much. Charlene and friends at the Capital Humane Society, make them the first place you go when you want to adopt a dog or a cat. Jim, how's your week been? Pretty good. Uh, can't complain too much. And uh, so I picked you up this morning. Uh, you've got your car in the shop. Yep. The, the flivver's in the shop, getting its attitude adjusted. So I didn't say broom. I said I said car. So. Yes, you did say car. Thank you. Your broom is working just fine. I just, uh, yes, yes. I just took the. My, I have a Nimbus 2000. Oh, cool! So, You've got that yeah, model, huh? Bet. I heard that vertical climb is pretty good. It's awesome. Got to hang on for. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jim's here. I'm here. I'm We've here. got um, Colleen. She's uh, <laughs> she's uh, ill this morning. So Colleen, we send oh. you our best, and. Uh, you know, one of the things that I recommend to folks to kind of keep handy is a box of Arm & Hammer baking soda. And when you first start feeling like you're coming down with something, take a half teaspoon of Arm & Hammer baking soda, mix it in a glass of water, and drink it. Mm-hmm. Then about 15, 20 minutes later, you'll have that pleasant big burp, and uh, that'll help settle the stomach, gotta, too. Gotta chug it, though, because that stuff tastes nasty. Okay, we've got uh, a continuing great program. The third Saturday of the month, we always have our friend Lloyd Arbach join us. Lloyd is an accomplished author. He's a uh, consultant for motion pictures and TV for parapsychology, and he's taught courses at the collegiate level. Uh, He's very, very active in the parapsychological community. Please welcome Lloyd Arbach to the broadcast. Hi, Lloyd. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. Tell me about the the West Coast, and tell me how Lloyd Arbach's been. Um, I'm I'm doing fine. I mean, we're just getting the year started, I guess you could say. So, uh, holidays are good, nice and quiet. What What's a day in the life of a parapsychologist? A parapsychologist like what's What do you do? Well, that you know that depends on the individual. Uh, in my case, I'm not working full time as a parapsychologist. Um, I don't work in a lab or um, directly with a research organization. But, you know, <clears throat> these days uh, it's occasionally about writing, um, and I work as president of the Forever Family Foundation. We have some issues that come up, so we've been dealing with some things with conference calls with the board of directors or the executive board. And um, right now just kind of working on pulling my syllabus together for the next course I'm teaching for the Ryan Center. Okay, and uh, I think uh, RyanCenter.org uh, is the website? It's actually just Ryan, R-H-I-N-E.org, or uh, Ryan, ed, Ryan Education Center.org. 
for the uh, part that actually deals with, with classes. If you had to, uh, you've written so many good books, if you had to pick one book to recommend to people uh, from your stable, what would it be, Lloyd? What's one of your personal favorites? Um, well, you know, it really depends, but probably my favorite book that I've written right that's out right now is Mind Over Matter. Mm-hmm. Just because um, I love the topic of psychokinesis, and of course, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in that book. Uh, although, if people are interested, you know, if I hear in talking to folks, if they seem at all interested in what the government's done, then I push them towards ESP wars. There's a lot of really bad information out there about uh, what happened with the government remote viewing program and certainly what the Russians did, and that's a really good book for that. Mm -hmm. And if a person wanted to have a general background in uh, ghost hunting, how about ESP hauntings and poltergeists? Well, I did put out uh, the 30th anniversary reissue of that book in uh, a couple of years ago and that really is the book to take a look at um, for understanding the basics of investigation mm-hmm. you know I've updated did a little bit of an update in a couple of other books since then but that's really the key book and you know it's it's kind of interesting you, that you're talking about that book right now because a couple of days ago uh something happened or something was released that brought back intense memories of why I wrote that book to begin with or how I got that book actually published. And that is that it was announced that Jason Reitman is directing a new Ghostbusters and it'll be called, it'll be Ghostbusters three. Will not, it'll be actually a sequel to the other two. And since uh, that was kind of the impetus for the free SP hauntings and poltergeist getting writing, getting written to begin with. <laughs> I'll be darn. I'll look forward to that. Um, yeah, there's a there's actually a trailer out online right now. It's a teaser trailer, but it looks like it's coming in 2020. So that'll cool. be fun. Uh, Lloyd, I want to uh, ask you about a topic that um, I'm sure, as a parapsychologist and researcher and author, that 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 you've been asked about and asked your opinion of. Uh, mm-hmm. Several days ago, somebody sent me, and I'm going to keep their name anonymous, they sent me uh, a query through Facebook uh, saying that they just did an investigation and during the investigation um, one of the uh, family members apparently became possessed and uh, there was fighting, scratching, biting, cursing, and now allegedly uh, a Catholic priest travels out every two weeks to spend time with the family. Um, in in your years of investigations, how many times have you run across something like that? Zero. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actually, I do have a book out called Reincarnation Channeling Possession, which deals with this. And while we do find cases in which it seems that there might be a spirit, a ghost kind of, attached to a person in the sense that they're um, attracted to someone because of similarity of personality and they do hang around and maybe even offer suggestions to the person on how to behave. The whole idea of possession, the closest you ever get to that is if a medium is a trance medium and allows allows someone to come through and then immediately that person, that 
spirit goes away. There's there's no continued possession, you might say, in that in that sense. Um, it, it just almost always when when we hear about cases like this, they turn out to be psychological. Mm-hmm. Well, but Grant Cameron uh, gave a talk last November at the Starworks USA UFO Symposium, uh, and I would love to get you involved in one of those sometime, Lloyd, for your contributions as a parapsychologist. But he talked about this rather curious thing that happens of like attracting like. Yeah. And he talked about when we hear reports like this, we got we got to know a lot more about the people involved, both the people that claim that they're experiencing this as well as these researchers. Um. He, he used two cases. One was Ricardo Gonzalez, the famous contactee from Peru, who has uh, nothing but benevolent contacts, has hundreds of people mm-hmm. gather with him. They, they uh, meditate. They fast. They have uh, low-craft sightings. They have entity sightings. It's all benevolent. And then he mm-hmm. talked about Skinwalker Ranch, where these ex-Special Forces guys are walking around with guns from their ears down to their toes, and they're just looking for something. And so the phenomena manifests in a, a pretty, pretty bizarre, albeit ugly way. And it's almost as if this phenomenon is benign and says, okay, where are you at that we're going to meet you right there? Is it love? Then we're going to meet you with love. Is it fear and aggression? Well, we're going to meet you right there also. Well, then the question is that how much of this is self, self-created? Mm-hmm. You know, there is an issue that we do deal with in that we see that people have expectations, uh, including fear or whatever they, they really think may be coming from horror films and such. And this goes with UFO phenomena as well, as you know. You know, not every... The uh, late J. Allen Hynek, who I knew um, when I was in college, mm-hmm. always talked about the question of whether all UFO phenomena was nuts and bolts hardware. And he did not believe that all of it was nuts and bolts hardware. Uh, he talked about some of it possibly being psychic projections to the people who were having the experiences themselves. Mm-hmm. So we see this also certainly in the perceptions or the way people conclude or, you know, conclude something about their perceptions of phenomena. And I will have, I will have to say that the vast majority of people who do investigations today out there in terms of ghost investigations, their training includes watching TV shows. Which, and their training has nothing to do with understanding the history of parapsychology or really... Um, understanding what's come before, what we've learned in the laboratory, what we've learned from investigations since the beginning of the field back in the 1800s, uh, which is, is, makes it very difficult. You know, they may be well-intentioned, but they have no education. And, you know, frankly, 30 years of bad investigations and bad conclusions is 30 years of bad conclusions and bad information. It really doesn't mean that you have, uh, if you have 30 years of experience, it doesn't mean that you you're really understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. or that you have right conclusions. So I, I know of cases <clears throat> where ghost hunters have drawn false conclusions about what's going on. They have not found either normal explanations 
or they have misinterpreted what they've gotten. There are consistently reports of ghost hunters who do uh, EVP and they get a growl, which is often probably somebody's stomach, and they immediately assume it's a demon because there's a growl. And they never even consider the fact that it may be a, a dog, <laughs> either a living dog or a ghost dog, and they don't, the ghost dog doesn't want somebody there, so they're growling at you. That does not make that dog a demon. Mm. Oh, good point. I'm doing my best to try to keep my, my, my supporting laughter off the microphone here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have these ghost hunters who go in and they start trying to provoke the spirit that's supposedly there, and they, they get an EVP of a demon saying, get out. Well, if I was that ghost, I would be yelling more than just get out if people were trying to be nasty to me. Yeah, if in re, in real life, if any one of us went to somebody's yeah. house and walked in and started acting like a moron, they'd throw us out on our fanny. Of course, of <laughs> course, and that doesn't that makes them the demons, not you, mm-hmm. not the ghost. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Lloyd, to talk with you, and uh, I I learn a little bit more every time. Hopefully, my association with you continues, and my osmosis, I'll keep I'll keep learning more and more. Uh, when's the next ca- class coming up at the Rhine Center? So um, there are two classes that are starting at the end of February. Um, I'm teaching a course uh, on advanced ghost hunting, advanced investigations. Um, and actually, people can take that even if they have not taken any other classes, as long as they're not going to try and take it for a grade, because you can take our classes either for a grade or for, you know, just for fun. So that, that class is an eight-week class coming up at the end of February. I think February 28th, I'm starting. And, he, and either March 1st, I don't recall what the date of the other one is, but mm-hmm. the other class, for those people interested in, in actual research in parapsychology, John Cruth, who is the executive director and senior researcher at the, at the Rhine, is teaching one on quantitative research. Uh, so uh, we've got those two classes coming up real soon. And they can find out about them. They're both listed on our on the website. It's Ryan, R-H-I-N-E, uh, dot org, and just click on Education, and it'll take you right to the description of the classes. And a final word about the Forever Family Foundation. Uh, is it foreverfamily.org? Uh, foreverfamilyfoundation.org. Okay. And that fa- our foundation works with spirit mediums and looks for evidence supports researchers who are doing evidence uh, for life after death. And one of those organizations that we work with and support is the Winbridge Research in, uh, Center, which is also a nonprofit. It's Winbridge, W-I-N-D, Bridge, winbridge.org. And they do some of the best scientific research with spirit mediums uh, around the world. And Lloyd, what are you doing for the rest of the day here today? Uh, I'm... We're actually working on my syllabus okay. to get the syllabus and everything together for the advanced ghost hunting class, and uh, just working on a couple other just minor writing projects today. Now we've might uh, actually go out, might try to go see the, the movie Glass as well today. Okay, I th- are we? I think we got out of single digits. I think we're in now double digits here, but the sun's shining so. Well, the official airport temperature was minus nine, but I think my thermometer at home said uh, like twenty-three. Okay. Earlier this morning. It's a, it's it's uh, raining today, but it's a little warmer in the fifties uh, okay. here in the Bay Area. Uh, as always, Lloyd, thank you so much for your contributions. Thanks, Scott.
right, take care. Lloyd Arbach, first name is L-O-Y-D, Arbach, A-U-E-R-B-A-C-H. And I'm glad we had a chance to talk about uh, some of Lloyd's books. Uh, for folks out there that want to learn more, to educate themselves, those books are great tools. And uh, then we've talked about the uh, Ryan.org uh, facility, and I just gave you that website, Ryan.org. You can go there and take a look at uh, upcoming classes and things, and also the ForeverFamilyFoundation.org for evidence of life after death and uh, mediums and, and what they do. Lloyd Arbach with Invisible Signals joins us every third Saturday here on Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Um, well, so I had some good news, Did uh, you? Jim. Let's hear it. Uh, my good news is that uh, Wednesday I saw, get ready for this, my urologist, mm -hmm. and I am cancer-free. Oh, congratulations. I had a bout in 2015, and mm -hmm. uh, I'm a cancer survivor. Uh, and those of you out there that have experienced that and or know of family or friends that have gone through that, you know the import of, of uh, how it feels mm -hmm. when the specialist says, get out of here, we'll see you in a year, you're cancer-free. So Good deal. If, if I seem to have a lilt in my step, it's because I do. Now, it hasn't, it hasn't helped my, my beauty quotient or my, my attractiveness quotient at all. Not really, I no. still have the face made for <laughs> yeah, radio, yeah. but yeah. I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm here and enjoying things. And, What's and, that, that old uh, Clint Eastwood quote? A man's got to know his limitations. Yeah. I love that quote, by the way. That's so true. <laughs> so we're so glad to have you folks with us here. Uh, I want to spend just a moment here before I take my bottom of the hour break. And again, I want to thank uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley and our listener, Shelley, from Canada. Uh, when we put the plea out recently for prepaid phone cards, both of these women came through, not just with one, but each of them donated multiple phone cards. Mm -hmm. And we use these phone cards to call Lloyd Arbaugh, to call Rosemary, Paula Harris, Preston Dennett, our guest today, main guest, Peter James Havland. So we use these phone cards on every single program. And uh, Rosemary and Shelley, your generosity is helping thousands of people right now uh, hear the guests on the program. So we are really grateful for that support. Um, coming up in February, in February, mm -hmm. I've always said February, but it's yeah, February. I think, I think the R is silent. That R is in there. Yeah. Uh, February 9th, we've got the KZUM fundraiser. And another way that you can show support for this program is to make a donation during our fundraiser to nonprofit, non-commercial KZUM radio. Um, we, we kind of like run those words all together when we say nonprofit, non-commercial, independent, but that means that Jim and I, we decide what we want to do here. Yeah. I don't have somebody out in the hallway shaking their finger saying, eh, 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 don't do that, don't say that. So we've had 34-plus um, years of support 
with KZM Radio at our back doing the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena radio show. This is back when these shows were not all over the place. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were about the only one. And uh, so we started doing this. We've had full support during all that, that tenure, and we, we are grateful for that. A lot of you folks listen because of the uh, easygoing, friendly banter. Um, we're having cups of coffee just as you are having tea or cups of coffee in your place, and we're kind of part of this big family, this big conversation every Saturday morning. And so we appreciate our relationship with you in turn you turn around twice a year and make donations to support this wonderful radio experience, KZUM. Recently, uh, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting raised the bar on how much a station like KZUM has to raise locally. Now it's over $300,000. I would love to make $300,000 myself. Yeah. But so... And we've risen to that. We've actually had the support uh, two or three years now running of being able to raise that money mm-hmm. to get the additional grants and funds from the Corporation for Public. You have to prove that you're viable to get the funds. And so thanks to your generosity, we've done that. So February 9th is going to be our, we can't call it spring, although we're hopeful. <laughs> it's our... End of winter. Yeah, end of winter fundraiser. And uh, we're going to raise $1,500 or more on that program uh, with your generous donations as listeners, supporting the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena program and, in a larger sense, supporting this wonderful radio experiment that continues now for over 40 years, KZUM Radio, nonprofit, non-commercial, independent radio, just the way you like it. Uh, one of the things we like to say is that uh, we love the space between your ears. We'll take the bottom of the hour break, and we'll be back then with our main guest. And uh, his name is Peter James Haviland. We're talking about parapsychology, and we're talking about forensic hypnosis right after this. Outside myself and walked on to a cloud. Hey, the voice of the blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. This program is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Blue. 
there's only one place to be on a Sunday afternoon, and that's the Women's Show. Get to know our guest presenters and monthly features, including That's What She Wrote, Women Out Loud, That's What She Ate, and Notes from New England. Groove with us on the Women's Show Sunday afternoon from noon to 2 on KZM Lincoln and KZM HD. Full moon lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock and one freezing cold rushing black mountain river. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Sheska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM. And we salute that, uh, salute that glorious person who uh, invented coffee. Yes. Uh, they, uh, they did something about picking these beans off, and they thought, wonder what would happen if we ate those or boiled those, and all of a sudden they got productive and they were <laughs> running all over the place. What, what a brave soul that did that for the first time. <laughs> That's right. So. Yeah. Uh, this is some Sumatra that we're enjoying this morning. Um, I typically grind a fresh beans and bring down a pot of it. And uh, on this cold morning in Lincoln, Nebraska, Jim and I are sure enjoying it. Colleen Newholly is normally here. She's ill this morning, so we send Colleen our best. And I'm sure we'll be talking with her uh, very quickly. Coming up uh, next week is first-time guest Dave. In fact, get a load of this lineup. People always say, Scott, you always talk about UFO stuff. Okay, get a load of this, though. Okay. Next week, Dave Spinks, West Virginia Bigfoot. Two weeks from today, Joe McQuillan, my search for Christopher on the other side. February 9th, we've talked about the KZWIM fundraiser. Sure. The 16th is open. I may, I haven't made up my mind yet, I may be in Hastings for the third Mm. annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference. Sounds like lots of fun. So people have all of a sudden perked up and said, are they going to do it again? That's right. The website went up late, but the website is now up. So the third annual Nebraska Bigfoot Conference in Hastings. And that just happens to be February 16th. Mm So I may do a live show from there. Cool. The 23rd, okay, here's the UFO title. There you go. Okay, our friend Rosemary Ellen Guiley, UFOs and the ET Presence, compiled and edited by Rosemary. March 2nd, mm-hmm. Nancy Rhines, Awakenings from the Light, 12 Life Lessons from a Near-Death Experience. Wow. 
And also, she's written a book called Messages from Heaven. So that's not bad. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Eclectic mix there. Yeah, we've got six shows. There's one UFO show in there. Oh, by the way, Matt Mundorf, I just talked with him. Did you? Yeah. And I said, Matt, we miss you. We do. And so he had some excuse, I don't know, like running for president or something. But he, we know he's running. He still continues uh, yeah, to run. Yeah, the running man, Matt Mundorf. I'll probably be seeing him at the marathon this spring. Yeah. The, Matty is so, so much fun. He, he is. Okay, what do you folks have in your cup this morning? You know, we've got folks listening all over the world. So here in, the, in Lincoln, Nebraska, it's pretty darn cold, although the sun's out. Uh, it got down way below zero last night. Windchill is still pretty nippy. So is it coffee or tea? I'm a, I'm a coffee guy. Yeah. Not much for tea. We have a first-time guest with us, and his name is Peter James Haviland. He spent 33 years in parapsychology and forensic hypnosis. He's a private investigator, an advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist. He founded Red Oak Hypnosis in Houston, Texas in 2002. And he's a founding member of Lone Star Spirits Paranormal Investigations, uh, active since 1997 a co-founding member of Paranormal Research Organization, or PRO, with our buddy Lloyd Arbach, and he's an investigator with the Office of Paranormal Investigations. Uh, Folks, please welcome Peter James Haviland. And it's not Peter David, I just, I got to get that out of my mind. Peter James. Mr. Haviland, good morning, sir. Good morning. Great to be on. And uh, you can call me whatever you want to. My wife does. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> frequently. Honey, <laughs> so are you in our, uh, the Houston area? Yes, I am. I am out in the Houston area. W- were you okay with the flooding they had down there uh, about, what, a year ago? Actually, we were pretty blessed. Uh, it, it, a lot of the uh, flooding happened around uh, where my my house is. So we actually had uh, cable and electricity while... Uh, uh, the other areas were uh, kind of flooding out, but uh, for the most part, uh, uh, there was no, there was no big damage on anybody's uh, on anybody's end in, in the uh, area I'm at. Good, yeah. When in Houston, seek high ground if you want to build a house, right? Exactly, exactly. Keep track of that hundred-year floodplain, um, and if they don't want to give you the information, then uh, look elsewhere. Uh, Peter, you. Uh, uh, have been recommended to me by uh, several people, among them uh, Lloyd Arbach. And we just I'm had, in trouble now. <laughs> we just had Lloyd on <laughs> in an earlier segment today. Uh, yeah, I, 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 Lloyd's, Lloyd's good people. Uh, he, he still takes my phone calls, so I guess we're still good. <laughs> That's right. He, <laughs> so I, I, I enjoy asking people about uh, why is it that they've got the curiosity that they display through their life work and their choices now, if I if I took you way back uh, to an earlier period where you were a little boy, what would we find out? Well, you're not going to hypnotize me, are you? 
you're going to be you're going to be donating February 9th to KZUM Radio. <laughs> I may want to bring you back on that fundraiser day. I hear date. and we, I obey. We can we can we can do that on the air here and just get people to start um, calling in donations. So. No, if we went back and, and sure, uh, not a problem. What what would we yeah, find yeah, out about um, it, uh, it, the little boy of of Peter James Havland? Well, you know, uh, I think everybody in the study has had some type of uh, uh, experience that tends to get them on that road. Uh, mine was uh, when I was twelve years old. Uh, I was watching monster movies in my parents' house. Sure, and um, it was like I don't know, maybe midnight, one o'clock, you know, you, you kind of catch one of the old uh, horror movies. I think, I can't remember what it was. It might have been Frankenstein or something. And uh, as I was watching it with my with my dog, um, it, the room kind of got really cold. And my dog kind of turned around and uh, all of the hair on her back kind of stood up and she just sat there and shook. She was looking at the... the uh, uh, stairs in my parents' house, and mm-hmm. I turned around, and I looked, and I saw my grandfather walking downstairs, which is all cool, but uh, he had passed like a year before. Um, so I walked over there, and I just started watching him. It's, it wasn't like I was scared or anything. To be honest, I, I, I might have been in shock. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what I expected to see. Uh, it didn't scare me. He didn't scare me in life, so... I didn't operate in fear mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just walked over there and watched them. And, it, you know, there was no noise. There was no footfalls. There was no uh, big movie, uh, you know, creaks and groans and jerks or anything. He just walked downstairs as he normally would. And um, it, as he got closer to me, he, he, of course, I kind of felt more cold because I think the, ener- the energy in the air was uh, being taken. And uh, he made a left turn and went into the uh, closet door through it. I mean, it was uh, it was more of a melting instead of a uh, you know instead of a movie melding or whatever you want to call it. It was just like energy just transferring through. Um, went up to the door. Uh, I opened the door. I didn't know what I would expect. I didn't. I, I surely didn't expect uh, to see him standing there staring at me in a in a Scooby-Doo kind of fashion and which he wasn't there. He, he wasn't there anymore, but, uh, there was a, a plaque that he brought over from, uh, from Italy. And, uh, it hung in two of the houses he built in uh, New York. So it was at that point at that age, that I kind of figured that he just walked to walk to his possession and, uh, why I didn't know. Uh, but that just really got me started on, uh, reading anything I could about haunted houses and uh, and ghosts. I mean, I, uh, anything on ha- by Hans Holzer or D. Scott Rogo or, uh, uh, I mean, you name it, uh, at the time. I think with the Winers, I think, at that time, uh, that wrote anything on uh, uh, haunted houses. I mean, you couldn't catch me without a book. Probably Brad uh, Steiger was in there someplace. I'm sorry? Probably Brad Steiger's books were in there someplace. Steiger too, yes, and, and he's 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 very he's very well missed in the uh, in the community. He was such a uh, such a resource. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was called the Ghost Boy for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, had uh, 
got you know gotten through uh, school, got uh, into uh, high school. Uh, I had I was uh, I was very lucky to have a uh, uh, psychology uh, teacher that allowed me to write on um, on hauntings and things like that. As, as long as I could try to keep it within curriculum, and uh, very supportive. Uh, he was actually into uh, psychology too. That's when I started you know, learning a little bit about that. At that. Uh, I went to college. Uh, my prof, same thing. I got real lucky at that too, and uh, just started learning from there. Um, as time progressed, uh, wanted to uh, get involved with a group, and uh, I had started uh, uh, do. I had started doing um, investigations at about eighteen, and at that age. You know, you really don't know what you're looking for. I mean, you got ideas. Uh, and I started trying to seek out uh, homes that I could study. Uh, I heard of a story of a lady that was uh, experiencing uh, noises in her home. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm kind of. I'm kind of weird that way, so I, I found out where she lived, and I not, I introduced myself and told her what my, uh, uh, what, you know, what my interests were and stuff, and she was very receptive. Uh, she allowed me to come over, and uh, started uh, we started uh, talking about once a week about what was going on, and she uh, she lived by herself, and she was an older lady. And uh, we just became pretty good friends, and she just started telling me about what she experienced, and uh, I kind of hung out just to see what I could experience. Because at that point in time, all you can really do is just experience. I mean, you really don't have the the tools to help or um, to assess or anything like that. And uh, time kind of progressed. Um, and I found out one day when I went over there that, uh, since she was a little, like, as I said, a little older, um, that her daughter was going to, uh, was going to come down and, uh, move her up with her. And so she was packing. She was real, she was kind of sad because she lived in that home for quite a while. And, uh, her husband didn't pass in the home, but I mean, uh, you know, she had lived with him till he passed. And uh, she just sat, she was telling me how kind of upsetting it was to move and uh, she hated change and things like that. And as she was talking about that, uh, I started hearing what sounded like boxes moving upstairs and footfalls. So, of course, it's, of course, again, you know, the weirdo that I am, I go upstairs, as most people would probably want to get into their car and try to drive away as far as they could. Um uh, I went into the uh, what, what she had is a uh, library um, at the top of the stairs and uh, turned into there and um, we were looking around. It was you know just where a library would be, uh, a whole bunch of uh, different shelves and this and just books and the desk stuff like that. Uh, but as I uh, turned in, I got hit in the head with a book, and uh, it, it was uh, of all titles. Uh, Gone with the wind, and uh, kind of told me there that uh, I, I don't know if maybe at that point I kind of didn't. I kind of thought that I, I didn't know how it could have been done at that point, but uh, it just kind of seemed real strange to me that you know we had just got done talking about how she didn't want to move, and uh, the title get thrown at me is Gone with the Wind, 
so, you know, I, she didn't catch it, but she caught the after effects of it. And she saw that I had a red mark on my, on my forehead and she asked about it. And of course she apologized. Uh, and pretty much she just, she left up and she had left. And that was pretty much the extent of that first, uh, uh, that first study that I did. And it just progressed to, uh, you know, finding the team, as I mentioned, uh, got, a, got together with about four or five other, uh, like-minded people that wanted to find, wanted to look at haunted houses. Uh, the, the lady that put out what I guess was called an APB on the web, whatever that meant, um, said that she uh, wanted to look at haunted houses. Her husband kind of said, well, you know, there's, uh, you know, there's haunted houses on at Halloween, you know, like Style X and all those other places are down uh, anywhere. And she wanted to see real ones. So we all sat around on a, on, on a Halloween, I think it was in 96 or 97, and uh, formed uh, Lone Star Spirits. And uh, through the years, you know, people come and go. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm the last man standing from the uh, the original group, which bumps me up to, I guess, uh, uh, you know, uh, founder, head, whatever the title is. And uh, we've been going at it ever since. Now, if I understand correctly, Peter, you were originally from New York State. How did you find your yeah. way to Houston, Texas? Well, um, that, that was through my parents. Um, I, I was... Uh, I think it was, I want to say maybe about four or five years old when we moved from New York to uh, Maryland. And then uh, we lived in Maryland for probably about seven and a half, eight years. And then I've been in Texas ever since. Mm -hmm. I'm 51 now. So I'm in Nebraska here. And I don't know if it's still required. Yeah, I've been but hearing I, you've had a heat wave up there. Yeah. I've, I've got a pair of cowboy boots. Now, I imagine that a guy oh. in Texas has probably got at least one pair of cowboy boots. You know, I do have one pair of cowboy boots. Uh, I enjoyed wearing them, but could never get anybody to help me pull them off. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a challenge. I gave up on it when I fell off the couch. <laughs> and so you founded then um, with an interest in... Uh, perhaps consciousness or what, what was the, the yeah, basis yeah. for founding red oak hypnosis? Why did, why did you do that? Well, well you know, red oak hypnosis, uh, I wanted to start working with uh, police on, on, on cold cases and, and uh, missing people and children. And, uh, and through learning about forensic hypnosis and having been certified in that, uh, it gave me the opportunity to work with, uh, work with police and families, uh, for witness recall, um, and, uh, trying to help get, uh, more, uh, detailed, uh, with, the, with what witnesses have seen. And as I said, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to work with folks on that and, um, you know, and through my, and through the studies and and uh, my uh, uh, my certification process, uh, I started seeing that um, the correlation between um, stress stress uh, stressors um, put you know um, uh, points of uh, of uh, uh, 
of, uh, of issues that we have that are unresolved that uh, can cause people to start uh, uh, broadcasting uh, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. And there's, there's a big uh, correlation between the two. And that's when I started uh, working with uh, poltergeist cases. And it seems like that, that has been the biggest uh, biggest thing that uh, has people come to me with is, is poltergeist cases. Uh, looking for triggers. Uh, if I if I place somebody uh, in the chair and you know we go over what might be triggering the events and uh, finding out what the uh, uh, the issues are that they're dealing with and, and uh, moving them and replacing it with a positive reality and helping them get through the issues that they're having. I've had haunting stop and uh, I had for example I had one lady that uh, had just divorced her. Uh, her husband, uh, he was being, he was very controlling. Um, at the time that I, I was on that case, um, web cameras were starting to be a real big thing. And so he posted, he placed a lot of uh, either hidden web cameras or cameras themselves just out in the open in their, in their home. And he would call her and basically harass her. You know, why are you doing this when when you said you were going to do that? Where were you? Um, you know, who was that? If it was like you know a, a delivery person or whatever, and uh, just drove her absolutely crazy. Wow! And uh, she she finally she finally divorced him and found a, a fixer upper that she was going to try to flip. And uh, when she got into the home, um, she started hearing you know as all homes have uh, is of, uh, you know, snaps and pops and pats and things settling. And, you know, if you're, and if you're renovating, you know, wood against new wood against old wood, you you know, sometimes have all the creeks and moans and grounds, but she was so hypersensitive that, uh, she just, it was just driving her crazy. So she called me over because she thought that maybe the house was haunted. Uh, she didn't know what else to think of it. Uh, she really didn't understand how all that other stuff worked, which, you know, most people don't. Some do. And uh, I had gone over there, and I looked at the house and stuff. And uh, now the one reason why she called me over was because she had heard that uh, the old owner uh, had built a bar over the garage. Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, uh, but it, Peanut, that's it, isn't he? He, he went by uh, Peanut, and it was uh, he built his bar. It was Peanut's bar. Um, it had a big sign still from him, but he had uh, died of a heart attack up there. So he, she had thought that maybe since he died of a heart attack, that maybe he was haunting the house. That's that's. What it was. And um, so I had gone over there, and we set up equipment and stuff, and uh, I, you know, couldn't find really anything that was any significant uh, uh, EM, uh, electromagnetic fields or cold spots or. Even had a medium go through and pretty much that the place was sterile. And uh, so I I sat with her and I said, well, you know, I told her what I did and uh, you know what I could offer about, about uh, working with her with uh, uh, maybe releasing so, uh, her fears and, and anxieties from the, uh, of her home and uh, and placing her, herself into uh, a po- you know into a positive thought. Uh, with what was going on in the home. So I placed her under hypnosis at her house. 
Uh, at that point in time, I didn't have the office. So I would go out to people's homes to do that or offices. And uh, as I placed her under, which was real funny because I had uh, my wife was there with me. So as I'm placing her under and asking her to raise her hand as she's uh, as she's uh, going into uh, hypnosis, I look over my wife and her hands up too. So I guess my wife is safe when safe and secure in our house too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, afterwards, uh, she uh, she was uh, really happy. Um, matter of fact, uh, she was uh, uh, she was uh, so uh, uh, taken with it. She invited us over <laughs> for uh, uh, coffee at Tuesday the next weekend. So, uh, which was which she cooks wonderfully, mm-hmm. and uh, I kept up with her for a little while and uh, had no issues, and we lost contact after a while. But, uh, you know, that was my one of my first uh, opportunities to see the correlation between uh, stressors and, uh, po- and possible poltergeist activity or perceived poltergeist mm-hmm. activity. Well, I, I had the good fortune of uh, being part of a group in Lincoln, Nebraska, that had invited mm-hmm. uh, the late and great Dr. William Roll from the University oh, of yes. Georgia to come to Lincoln and talk about mm-hmm. uh, the poltergeist phenomena. And he showed Peter a uh, just simply incredible videotape uh, that was a split screen, a camera on he and this young woman. I'm going to guess that she's maybe 12, maybe 14, who is fairly renowned for poltergeist stuff happening around her. Is that the Tina something case? Yep. And. So the other screen is in a joining room right next door to his mm-hmm. office where it, you've got some children's toys on the countertops, books, crayons, just kind of a play area. And as Dr. Mm-hmm. Roll and this young woman are just in casual conversation, nobody's doing yoga, nobody's in a trance, nobody's oming, mm-hmm. just a casual conversation, I'll be darned if you... You saw stuff move on the tabletops, raise up, skitter across a table, and oh, yeah. you either have to say Dr. Roll and or his associates were part of this big hoax with monofilament line pulling things around and trying to hoax people. If you, if you rule that out because of the man's impeccable background, then you have to oh, say... Yeah. This is an example of genuine phenomena taking place that seems to be associated with this young woman and proximity to her. Uh, and so it was an incredible experience. I, I've never had the opportunity to see that. That sounds fascinating. So that's an example, uh, folks, it, of the poltergeist phenomena. Uh, things uh, can, can move. Uh, things can raise up in the air. Things can skitter across a tabletop. Uh, books yes, yes, can, can fly through the air. Uh, all yes, these, can. all these things are incredible. And what's interesting to me, because I'm sort of a moron, Peter. I I resemble that remark. I doubt that very seriously, Scott. But I I think about this, and I think, okay, what we need to get. Because Go Big Red, I want to help the Nebraska football team, 
is some of these guys and gals in the end zone, when the opposing team tries to kick that winning field goal, they can go, nope, it's not going to go through the uprights. There it goes. It's wide. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there are cases out there for group conscious. Uh, you know, I would not, you know, I'm learning now as older as the older I get, mm-hmm. nothing surprises me anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, you know, I, I to give you an example of uh, one case that I was working that uh, ended up being um, nothing at all, but it seemed like it was something. I Peter, was if you could just hold that thought sure. here because I just looked at the clock, I've got to take my top of the hour break here. So I'm sorry sure. to interrupt you, sir. I'm enjoying the conversation. No, all right. And please stay right there. We'll be right back with you. Uh, sure. While, while we do this top of the hour break, you folks, if you've got your computer or your smartphone fired up, I want you to type in lsspi.org. That's the letter lsspi.org. And that's the website for um, Lone Star Spirits and Mr. Peter James Havland. He's our special guest on this edition of Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Jim, how are you doing there with uh, Sumatra Coffee? Oh, just great. Uh, as, as we're talking about it, I actually ran out of Sumatran at home last weekend and forgot to get some more at the stores. So. Okay, well, we can, we can and, cover that. I'm, I'm very glad you brought it. Stay tuned, folks. We'll take the top of our break. It's sure great to have you folks out there listening live as well as to the archive that will be posted in about a week. We love you. Stay tuned for more. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason and Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com. And by the Haymarket Farmer's Market, thanking its patrons and vendors for this past season. Vendor inquiries for the 2019 season at 402-435-7496 and lincolnhaymarket.org. The full moon lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock and one freezing cold rushing black mountain river. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Sheska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. 
Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM. I'm Scott Colborne, and you're listening to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Our guest this morning is Peter James Havland. We're going to rejoin the conversation with Peter in just a moment. This last week, uh, we received news that our friend and, and colleague, Gary Gablehouse, uh, had passed. Gary had uh, relocated from Lincoln to the uh, Bitterroot Mountains outside of Missoula, Montana, and uh, it was in a hospital in Missoula that Gary passed. A raconteur of tales and author of many published books, some of them um, pretty much autobiographical. The man had an incredible life. Mm-hmm. A mountain climber. Uh, he was a member of a very exclusive Explorers Club along with Isaac Asimov. And uh, he was a guest on the program many times. In fact, he actually was a producer for a while on this program uh, and then had uh, for a short time his own talk program here on KZUM. Uh, He was a uh, financial supporter and patron of the show and of the KZUM radio for a long time. Uh, He was a a really interesting guy, martial arts uh, instructor. I um, (laughs) remembered fondly the story that he told of... uh, living at that time in Lincoln in a very, very nice neighborhood. He apparently had uh, left lights on late at night and was kind of snoozing in a chair, and a bad guy, a thief, walked in. This thief looks over, Gary wakes up, and he had a ceremonial sword, one of many, hanging on the wall. Gary grabs the sword and gives this guy a look you can only imagine what's going through this. Here is this large, large man with a sword in his hand, and he looks like he knows how to use it. So Gary basically ended up chasing this guy down the street. <laughs> I've, I've heard that story. It's such a great story. And I have to say, and I expressed this on his daughter's Facebook page, that Gary was the real most interesting man in the world. Yeah. yeah he, uh, he's going to be missed. He, is. he and I shared uh, a friendship, as did you, with Norm Kaczynski, who owned mm-hmm. the m M&M and Sandwich Shop. And, and uh, so Gary thought so highly of Norm and the Sandwich Shop that he actually worked that into at least one of his novels. And Norm always yeah, had that did. displayed there on the, in the Sandwich Shop and had a, a dog-eared copy of the book that he could actually open up and show, see, my, I'm, in the sal- I'm in the book here. And, and Gary would work the names of friends in as characters in his book. Yes. And Scott Colborn is in there. Uh-oh. <laughs> and I was honored to say that I was reading one of his more recent books one day and was stunned to turn a page and see my name in his book. And yeah. I, it, was, it was quite an honor. Thank you, Gary. We send the best, uh, the very, very best to his daughter, Melindy, and to his partner, Jan, to all of his friends and colleagues out there. Uh, Jim reminded me there was going to be a celebration of life service in Lincoln on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. That's a Sunday from 12 to 4, and so we'll have more information about that. So um, our hearts and minds and uh, 
and our love goes out to Gary Gable House. Our special guest is Peter James Havland, and Peter is the founder of Red Oak Hypnosis. He does forensic hypnosis. He's got 33 years in parapsychology, a co-founding member of Paranormal Research Organization, and uh, a founding member of Lone Star Spirits Paranormal Investigations. That website that I gave you guys and gals uh, before the break, that website again is lsspi.org. Peter, it's great to have you back on the program here, and I'm sorry to have cut you off before the break. You were going to share a story. Oh, yes, sir. Um, I'm sorry to hear of the loss of uh, your friend and colleague, by the way, and uh, love and prayers to uh, to you and uh, his family. Thank you, sir. In this time. Um, Yeah, I was was going to tell you about uh, this case that I was uh, called into. Um, This lady had... uh, it mentioned to me that uh, any any time that she walked into her room, uh, she would see a chair rock and uh, would hear like a clutter, and it was really starting to wake her out. She had been dealing with this now for maybe about a month, and uh, we had uh, gone up to uh, look at this room, and it was nothing else happening in the home. It was just in the one room. Uh, so, you know, we set up some cameras, as some static cameras, uh, to uh, see what we could uh, we could get overnight. And, and what we had found out was when we looked at, back at the cameras, uh, and, and uh, when we had, were walking up the stairs, you know, the stairs would creak, of course. You got to the top of the stairs, and there was a loose board that, would, that ran under the, under the door opened the door, and what the camera showed us is that she had a pet cat that would sleep in the, in the chair. So when you, hit that, when you hit that loose board, it freaked the cat out. The cat would run under the bed. So then, therefore, you, walk up, you, know, you open the door, and it looks like that there's somebody rocking in the chair. So, you know, all things are not quite what they see, um, which, you know, kind of concerns me these days because people tend to jump more towards a paranormal event versus looking for uh looking for the real real reasons why things happen mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's real important to have some have critical thinking when you're when you're looking at things um, i know my That's friend why i brought that up i know my friend jim's over here nodding his head mm-hmm. too we couldn't be more in agreement there peter uh that that's the first thing you do is you rule out the natural and prosaic and if you don't do that yeah. uh you need to read some of lloyd's books Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and you were talking about uh, Dr. Roll. Uh, are you familiar with, uh, uh, with uh, Dr. Andy Nichols? No, sir. No, sir. I, I would like to have more Nichols in my life, that's for sure. Uh, but I, I don't want to have the uh, debunker Joe Nichols. I've had enough of him. But No, no, no. This is not Joe. This is Dr. Andrew Nichols. He's a, he's a, uh, uh, he's a parapsychologist out in Florida, and... Uh, he he uh, specializes a lot in um, uh, poltergeist activity uh, as well as uh, uh, he might be a, he might be a good uh, a good guest for y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I can send you I can send you his information. Please do. Um, and, and and I and I bring that up because I had seen some uh, footage of uh, 
of poltergeist activity that he's caught, uh, caught in um, places that uh, he's worked with, and it's pretty pretty phenomenal stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna and, do and a look- he's, and, and he's got a great wit. Okay, I can I can I can tolerate and probably learn something from that. I need all the wit I can handle here. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, ask you for your opinion. Let me just jump on a soapbox here for a minute and. Uh-oh, I'm uh, in trouble now. No, no, I, I value um, uh, your opinion as well, Peter. Um, you mentioned earlier that as a young boy, you grew up watching mm-hmm. uh, horror movies. And I, right. did, I did too. We had a thing in Lincoln uh, and in Omaha, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, that w- they were called mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fright Flicks. And there was a guy in Omaha, Dr. Sanguinary, Mm-hmm. who would dress up as sort of this um, uh, zombie creature, uh, complete with a bloody face and the weird behavior. Half the time we understand that he was so intoxicated that he could barely stand. Um, but mm-hmm. he was the host of these movies. So we kids would get together, sometimes having a sleepover, you know, make a big bowl of popcorn, turn the lights down, and we would watch these scary movies. Uh, it was... Uh, a wonderful memory. We we wouldn't get too scared because there was always a parent right around the corner. So we could we could come up to that and kind of nudge up towards that scary stuff. But we always had you know the adult or the parent around. So that was the safety factor. Mm-hmm. My position, Peter, having been in this for a long time, is that there are so many people that have watched so many horror movies that even though they've sat there and intellectually they know that they're watching something that is a drama created to sell box office seats or to sell airtime, the enculturation of that, the exposure to that, starts to form a construct in their minds of what the paranormal is like. Absolutely. What I'm seeing now, and this is the end of my soapbox, I'm seeing now is a real blurring, and I think it's almost purposely done so, of the horror cons that are inviting paranormal researchers in to give lectures and talk to the audience. I've been asked to do that, and I politely refused, because horror to me is a totally different fictional genre, and I want to keep it separate from the paranormal. Absolutely. Uh, when, you start, when you start mixing the two, uh, well, let's look at it this way. The field is basically split in two. You have the entertainment side, and then you have the research side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, when all these TV shows and movies came out, um, it, it, Basically, drama sells soap. Okay, so they're so they're going to use whatever they can to get people to go in and see their product. Then the person that doesn't really know the history and the research of what the study is, then they go. And especially when they get into saying, you know, based on actual events or. I mean, I can get on a soapbox about uh, some some of these movies that have two and three uh, 
parts to them that uh, are, are questionable best, but I, I'm not going to. Uh, but you know, that's what people think that's going on, especially on some of the TV shows these days. Everything's now a demon where everything was a ghost before. Um, you know, it, it, you saturated the you saturated the uh, the public now with ghosts, so people are desensitized by ghosts or uh, Bigfoot. Uh, now it's demons because that's the new that's the new thing. So everything is demonic. Uh, you know, and, and yeah, it, it bothers me as well because when you try to go out and you try to teach, uh, you know, the theories and and uh, and uh, the casework and how things work versus you know because of what you know you or other people have uh, uh, written abstracts about or uh, have actually seen this stuff. It, 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 the preconceived thoughts of what people see is what is out there now. And I think that's what really gets a lot of folks that are, you know, are researchers and, and uh, you know, like people like Lloyd, stuff that have donated their life to all this, they get frustrated because uh, people don't want to listen. They want to hear what they want to hear. You know, for instance, you know, I get, I get tons of emails of people thinking that, you know, they, they, they watch, I'm not going to mention the show, but it's a popular show. And uh, whenever they go into a place, uh, you know, there's a dark entity or a demonic force. And when they experience the thing in the house, just because that person said what they're experiencing on TV, then now they think that that's what's in the house. And, when you, and especially <laughs> if, if they think it's demonic, then they try to tell me, well, you know, I know what the demon's name is. I said, well, if you know what the demon's name is, then chances are uh, it's probably not demonic. And the, and then they want, you know, and they ask you why. And I said, well, you know, religiously, if uh, if you, that's why they have the Roman ritual is to dra- you know, is to wear down the preternatural force to get the name to to, to banish them, you know, religiously. Um, you know, so you knowing the name, I mean, why would they want to give up that foothold? And then yeah. you, they want to argue with you, and then you end up uh, wishing them well because, I, you know, I, I'm not going to argue with them. I mean, if, if you're asking me for help, I'm trying to give you my opinion, and if you want to argue, then maybe somebody else can help you. I, I just I, – life's too short. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you try to explain to them about – you know, structural, uh, the structural uh, parts of the house or try to get into it or try to assess, uh, you know, the, the family to find out if there's any stressors or triggers. Uh, then then you got about a two-hour conversation about what our uh, RSPK is, and most folks just don't want to deal with that because they can't understand the thought process of, of how we can broadcast the environment, and then that ends up usually... Uh, going down the road. So no, I understand completely, and keeping them separate, I, I I agree. I wish there was more um, conferences out there that were more teaching conferences than uh, just uh, you know meeting your favorite uh, uh, TV personality uh, and uh, you know and 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 getting their autographs because they say they're in a in a haunted place, which may or not be may or not be haunted mm-hmm. just because it's on tv doesn't mean it's on it i remember uh as a young man uh did that make sense oh it made perfect sense we're in we're in agreement oh, okay. again peter uh okay the the only the only movie that i ever 
walked out of was the last house on the left. And uh, Yeah, that was pretty brutal. It was just a slasher, bloody, brutal. Yeah. And I walked out of it and asked for my money back and, and left the theater. Um, I recently saw some people on Facebook that were talking about, uh, quote, unquote, the paranormal. And that movie came up, and they were all chiming in that it was one of the best, and they've seen it multiple times. And I thought to myself, boy, how numb does a person get to watch something like that and to, th- to think that it's the, the, the best out there? I'm sorry again, folks. There's a lot of my listeners that probably like the horror genre. And uh, maybe Dean Koontz might be an example. Stephen King, I read those authors. I don't have a problem with it. But... Clive Barker's good too. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm concerned about that blurring of the, of the definitions and lines. Uh, and Peter pointed out so uh, aptly that there are so many shows out now that they've got to try to get the next big deal. They've got to keep that thrill going. So now it's all dark forces and demonic and dark entities, yeah. and. Uh, I'm, I'm probably you know, the, funniest, the funniest email that I got was somebody asking me if I wanted to be part of a of a show that they were trying to get together. It was uh, basically uh, a group of people that wanted that were going to go in and invest uh, investigate haunted areas or haunted houses naked because they wanted to see oh. if they wanted to see if clothes uh, or the removal of clothes made, made you uh, more um, apt to ha- to get in contact with the spirits. I laughed at that. Oh my god. That's this that's the same uh, although that's that's <laughs> that's actually funny. There's the it same sort funny. of mindset of people saying, "Okay, to experience a ghost, we got to turn the lights out." Yeah. Well, wait a minute. We're we're no, if you I, the lights I are on, we're the, the people all the time. Where the ghosts uh, go? When you investigate, it doesn't have to be in dark, and you don't have to turn you don't have to turn the electricity off. Although mm-hmm. I can understand if you're wanting to get um, uh, an EMF reading in the middle of the house with no electricity and finding out what that is. Uh, you know, nine times out of ten, it's probably an electrical grid underneath the house. Mm-hmm. But uh, you, you know, I. I don't know, man. Things happen. Things happen in the day as well as the night. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've I've gone into houses before, uh, bright day, and uh, I've had perfume bottles fall in front of me with no reason why that they would fall. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so I mean, I don't know. Unless you want to scare yourself and uh, and turn the lights off and uh, and do that, I guess, I guess it's, if that's your thing, but. Uh, the critical thinking of the whole study uh, it really it, it concerns me uh, with with uh, when you're dealing with the public mm-hmm. that's why I, I whenever Lloyd is going to have a class through the the Rhine Center coming up uh, that's why I try to promote that to people because as he said just earlier in the show Peter uh, now we've got mm-hmm. people that have, have been watching movies and TV for 30 years, and that's their basis. That's their educational basis for going out and, and being a, a ghost buster or a ghost hunter. And they don't have any mm-hmm. idea about any of the background for parapsychology, uh, any of the important work uh, that's been collected for over 100 years now. Uh, when, I, yep. when we come back from the bottom of the hour break, I've got part of the uh, Lone Star Spirits website called up. 
and the heading is Typical Haunting Phenomena. And let's go over some of these bullet points because there may be folks out there that will be very interested in this. Um, Peter, by the way, what's, what's in your cup this morning? Are you a coffee guy or a tea guy? Uh, actually, I, I love coffee. And uh, I, I guess your partner over there was talking about Sumatra. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I love Sumatra. It's great stuff. Uh, just a real short story here. Okay. Uh, Peter, back in my, my younger days when I was a lot rowdier guy, okay, so you've got to phrase this in, in context. We had okay. the Lincoln Marathon that was going to run by the front door of my house. Okay. So early in the morning, and they asked us, it was going to be a hot day, could we provide a hose out there by the curb if anybody wanted to have a drink or be lightly sprayed down to keep them cool, kind of a mist could we do that? And I said, yeah, I, I could do that, sure. Mm-hmm. So um, shortly after 6 o'clock in the morning, I got out there. And again, I want you to understand this is a long time ago. I, I have to say, as a marathon volunteer, we appreciate and encourage citizen participation in the race. So if you've ever heard of the author uh, Hunter S. Thompson, I did an imitation. So I had... Uh, my pack of cigarettes, I had a bottle of Jack Daniels whiskey, and my lawn chair, flip-flops, and a Hawaiian shirt out by the, the parking there with my hose. Hopefully you didn't have, have those guns with you. No, I didn't have the guns. And people would come by, and some of them would, would get it and, you know, do the fist in the air and grin. Some folks came by and would shake their finger and just, you know. And some folks um, uh, actually got sprayed. And they didn't even ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and uh they didn't ask me to do that again the yeah, next cool. year so well, yeah with that, with the, the people people do some crazy stuff to support the marathon and that, <clears throat> that sort of thing scott's performance may have been a little bit over the top but it's not unusual for the the citizen participation in our marathon which is really cool so these days folks what's in my cup is sumatra or some other good quality coffee. Uh, Suluisi or yeah, Jack I've, Reacher. Or... Jack, yep, I've gotten a lot smarter and more mature now, and so I've, I enjoyed those earlier <laughs> days, but I've left them far <laughs> behind me. <laughs> hey, it's, it's all those experiences that get us to where we're at now, you know? You bet. That's right. It, I'm, it's, I'm grateful, so grateful, Peter, to be here now. Okay, my, my new friend, stay right there. We'll be back after the top of the hour or bottom of the hour break. And this is Peter Havland. The website that you should kick on is lsspi.org. And that'll take you to Lone Star Spirits. We're going to talk about typical hauntings right after this. Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. Support for This Week in Lincoln comes from the Bourbon Theater, Crescent Moon Coffee, Duffy's Tavern, Meadowlark Coffee and Espresso, and the Zoo Bar. This is live music happening this week in Lincoln. On Saturday, January 19th, Atmosphere starts at 7 at the Bourbon Theater. Big Daddy's Winter Blues Fest at the Zoo Bar kicks off at 6 followed there by a 9.30 show with Sons of Thursday and The Other Side of Now. 
and Evanoff plays Bodega's Alley. That's all happening this week in Lincoln. Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM. Scott Colborn with Jim Shorty, and we are exploring unexplained phenomena. It's sure great to have you folks out there. Our guest today is Peter Havland, and he makes his home in the Houston, Texas area. For folks in that area that want to uh, investigate something really interesting that is a, a personal development and finding out more about yourself and what makes you tick, he uh, offers clinical hypnosis through Red Oak Hypnosis. And if you type in redoakhypnosis.com, his website will pop right up. So, Peter, uh, there's so many avenues that we can go down here. Uh, I want you to tell me a little bit about uh, being a private investigator because that, that sounds so interesting. Well, you know, uh, being a private investigator, as I mentioned before, you know, having worked with uh, uh, people using witness recall, I uh, I still use I, I, I use that in uh, uh, when I'm uh, looking for uh, missing people, uh, missing children, and I still do that with uh, when I'm working my my own personal cases. Uh, also, I've got a cold case that I've been working on. Uh, actually, a personal family uh, friend. That was uh, that was killed in 1989, and uh, I'm, I've been helping I've been helping out on that case uh, since uh, probably about the last four or five years, trying to uh, develop leads. Uh, I've had a couple leads that I've been able to turn over so far. Uh, unfortunately, nothing's come of it. Um, happening in back in 1989. I mean, it's it's beyond cold now, but uh, uh, one can only hope. Um, yeah, when I'm working with uh, somebody that's uh, here local, uh, and uh, and I, I uh, usually try to see if they will, if they would the option of uh, sitting down with me to uh, uh, for me to interview them to find out uh, what uh, what if anything we can uh, pull up as far as uh, more detail, so I can uh, submit it to uh, to police uh, so they can. Uh, they could see if that uh, if that helps them out. Uh, other than that, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of ground. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, interviews, a lot of getting background on the person that you're looking for, trying to see if you can understand uh, what's going on in their head when they left, uh, or what their behaviors are, so you can get an idea of uh, of what you're looking for. Um, also, you know. Passing out flyers, uh, you know, circling from the time that uh, of the last place they were seen, and uh, going out like you know five, ten miles in a circle to find out if he's still in the area. Uh, working witnesses, uh, you know, phone calls. It's you know, it's just very, very tedious work. 
uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for our law enforcement uh, for what the, of what they do. I mean, uh, not getting into, into all the political, you know, he said, she said stuff about police, but I could tell you that any uh, officer or detective that I've ever worked with in the in the in the uh, last five years that I've been doing this, uh, it have always been a very uh, very professional, uh, very helpful, uh, very forthcoming. Uh, I've never had a I haven't had a bad uh, experience yet. Uh, I think that they uh, I think that they get beat up way too much for uh, for a small amount of folks that you know might that are probably you know that might have issues. Mm-hmm. We we hear. Um of the case of um, a police misconduct and or uh, much more severe behavior. Uh, But out of context, uh, my brother was a Lincoln police officer for four and a half years, um, Mm -hmm. many, many years ago. And the stories that he told me that never made the headlines or the news were just simply incredible. People have no idea what police, law enforcement, emergency services people go through. And uh, so my hat, oh, yeah. uh, since I learned that stuff, my hat's always been tipped and off to those, those fine folks. Uh, if, if you yep. had a case, for example, the, the witness said, um, I think I saw this guy running and he got into a car, but it's sort of hazy. You could probably help that witness to recall more information. Yes, I could. I, I, I probably could. Uh, what I would do is that I, I would uh, I would place them under hypnosis. I, we, I would uh, I would work uh, with the date and uh, time that they experienced it, and I would have them slow it down, as in like what watch like watching a um, like watching a movie, like watching them on movie screen. And we would look at the event, and I would tell them that uh, you know they could speed it up, they could slow it down, they could. Uh, they can stop it. They can focus it. They they have all the control that they need to see if we can pull out any information that they uh, that, that they need or want to sh- to share. And uh, and having and in handling it that way too, I'm not leading them into giving me the information. They are giving me the information, and that's very key. One of the things with hypnosis is the first thing that people think is that uh, you, you know you're leading a person into getting the answers that you want from that. It's not how it works. You always ask open-ended questions. What do you see? Can you explain? Can you know? Can you? What details are you seeing? Mm-hmm. This way, if you're asked to sit in a, 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 sit in court to give your testimony, that it, they see that you're not leading the witness. Because as soon as they see that they see or feel that you're leading that person, all that work that you just did is out mm-hmm. and it could possibly discredit the case that's being tried. This is Peter Havland. His website is lsspi.org. Or for the hypnosis uh, aspects of his work, redoakhypnosis.com. Mr. Havland makes his uh, home in the Houston, Texas area. And I'm back now looking at the uh, Lone Star Spirits website. Typical haunting phenomena. Um, the first I'm in trouble again. The first heading is visual. Right. And so uh, uh, all the senses right. that we have, one of the things for, 
for the sighted population that we really key on. It's not the only sense, but we really key on visual, don't we? Well, you know, we experience, we can experience paranormal phenomena in any one of the senses or any, or any of the senses that we have. You know, whether it being visual, whether it be, uh, you know, by sense of smell, sense of taste, mm-hmm. touch, with, you know, hearing. Uh, it, it, it's all tied into us and, and our brain. It all just really depends on what our psychic selves at, at the time is, is picking up to, to show you. And uh, sometimes you could be in a place that you could be the only person that's experiencing it and the other person not. Maybe it's being shown to you for a reason. Uh, maybe their psychic cells are not, are not as trained or it's not meant for them. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a lot of that, uh, you know, either through casework or, uh, you know, with my team. Uh, you know, and I just, I find it fascinating. Uh, you know, you have that. You also have what's called place memory, or um, uh, which is the memory of an area that our, that our cells uh, place our energy into, good, bad, or indifferent, that we can walk into an area and we can experience, uh, we can experience the same uh, uh, events over and over again. It's like a tape, tape player. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we as we as people we place that into the environment of of any place that we go. Uh, traumatic events are usually the strongest because of the emotional uh, the emotional uh, output. Uh, you know, happy is happy is good is pretty powerful too. And then you have sadness, and you have just about any emotion uh, that that uh, can be placed in an area. When I'm saying area, I mean homes or, uh, you know, areas of uh, land uh, or buildings. And uh, I've worked a case one time before that a lady was saying that every time she walked downstairs, she heard what sounded like a birthday party. And, uh, and, and why not? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a celebratory event. Why couldn't it happen? You, 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 just, you, tend, to, you tend to hear all the bad things. Uh, you know the the murders and the rapes and all that other stuff that is uh, placed into the environment, which which happens, it does happen. Uh, but uh, you don't hear all the, you don't hear the positive things because it doesn't sell. Uh, visual, audio, scent, uh, tactile, which would include mm-hmm. cold spots or hot spots, um, kinetic things. Yeah, psychometry being... as well for tactile. Things being moved across a measurable distance, thrown across the room. Um, mm-hmm. Electrical, there can be uh, interference or disruptions of electrical yep. systems. You can have things kicking on, turning on, TVs going off and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can also, be ha- that can also ha- uh, happen, too, uh, with RSPK. Uh, years ago, I went with a friend, Julie to the Ozark UFO Conference. Sunday morning, we were seated in the ballroom. Uh, the late Lou Farish was on stage, and he was taking a break from speakers and pulling out stubs of tickets, reading off numbers, and then giving door prizes. And Peter, I suddenly experienced an infilling of profound 
joy, and bliss. If, if I could have anybody share that experience, they would be in line to sign up for that again. It was incredible. Joy-filled, blissful. And in that clarity of that moment, I knew immediately that Lou Farish was going to call out the name and ticket for my, my friend Julie seated right next to me. And so I turned to Julie and said, Lou's going to call your name next. And she gave me an elbow on the side, friendly, and said, oh, uh, yeah, sure, uh-huh. So with absolute certainty, I would have bought any number of, uh, I would have shown up at the table and said, I'm all in on this bet. I watched him reach into the, to the box and pull a stub out and say her name from Pleasantdale, Nebraska. And she turned and said, how did you do that? I don't know. But I tell you what, if, if, yeah. if I could find out how I did that again, I would be there yesterday. See, that's the big question. That A lot of the stuff that we experience and we document, you know, uh, who really knows hmm. how, how it happens? And I mean, and I don't mean to, to, throw, to throw that, you know, uh, that, uh, that, that out of left field. Because, uh, I mean, heck, we don't even know what conscience is. So to, to know how we get that information, I mean, we could speculate, but nobody knows for certain how that happened. And it's great when it happens, especially on a joyous occasion like that. Mm-hmm. Heck, if you could bottle it, of course, of course. I mean, who wouldn't want to have that, 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 that feeling that you had? You know, it's it's just it's just incredible to me. I mean, and as I grow older, it's just I I still learn. Uh, anybody that tells you they know all the answers, uh, you know, I, I would have to just look at them and go, yeah, okay, because nobody knows all the answers. That experience that I had with Julie that Sunday morning uh, in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, uh, he has convinced me that uh, I need to always walk around with a metaphorical baseball mitt, just in case I look up and there's a baseball or softball coming down in the air. <laughs> you know, once, once initiated or prepared, I'm always looking and, and open for that. Peter, as is oh, yeah. our case on the show, I want to turn the microphone over to you here. Uh, I've enjoyed our uh, wide-ranging conversation of discovery and finding out more about you and your work. And I'd like to now turn that microphone over to you so in these final closing moments you can say something to the listeners. Well, first I would like to thank your listeners and, and, and you both for having me on. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I will be uh, at the Bayou City Paranormal Symposium uh, March 9th and 10th, I believe, uh, here in Houston. Uh, I will send you a link to the, uh, to the events and the event speakers. Uh, so you could post that uh, if you could. And um, as you, you've given my links, uh, lsspi.org, uh, redohypnosis.com. Um, I am I am open for anybody to uh, contact me if uh, they have questions or want me to help them or consult them in any way, shape, or form. I, I do that a lot with uh, teams and uh and folks, uh, I enjoy it, and I, and I love helping out. 
Okay, and what does Peter James Havlin do for fun? What do you like to do? You know, I, I like watching horror movies, as we discussed. Uh, I, I love comedy. Um, the horror comedy is awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I write. I, I lecture. Uh, I, I, am, I am a published author. Um, you know, I basically just, you know, whatever, whatever makes, whatever makes, uh, myself and my, uh, my wife, uh, happy to go out and do. Does she share a lot of your views too in, in parapsychology? Is she active or? You know, she is not so much as, uh, in, in follows parapsychology a lot, but she is one of the, pre, one of the, uh, the five people that sat down to, uh, uh, to help form Lone Star Spirit. So she's, she's, she's been around for that part of, uh, my investigation. Uh, she's, uh, seen my, seen my work with, uh, uh, with, uh, the, uh, private investigation stuff with working cases and, uh, also, uh, hypnosis. So, no, so she still lets me sleep indoors, so I'm guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm a guy that, that travels uh, in my mind through my stomach. So if you're in Houston, do you like Tex-Mex or do you like barbecue? You know, uh, honestly, I love a good steakhouse. Uh, we just uh, went out to the Longhorn Steakhouse last night and had a great steak. Um, I would say that first and then probably uh, probably Mexican food after that. Mm-hmm. Of course, I grew up in an Italian household, so that uh, so Italian food is, runs over everything. So. Oh yeah, uh, Peter, I've enjoyed spending time with you here, and thanks again for taking time from your weekend to have the conversation and share your your passions and life work with my listeners. Uh, and I appreciate you. I hope it uh, continues to bring much joy to you. Thank you for being a service to so many people. Well, thank you for having me, and uh, anytime uh, you would like me to uh, to, to come on or uh, serve on any uh, tables or anything like that, I'd be more than happy to uh, oblige. Okay, and Peter, is there a, a phone number either um, at the Red Oak Hypnosis or uh, people that uh, don't have computers and things? How can people reach you? Yeah, they can, they can uh, email me at... Uh, at docstrange1 at gmail.com, or they can uh, call me at 281-704-9162. Okay, repeat. And I can send you that information as well. Repeat the number once more. Sure, 281-704-9162. And as I said, I, I could send you all this information and the links we discussed. Uh, one of my high school friends, Janet, lives in Houston, so next time I talk with her, I'm going to mention your name here. Uh, Peter, thanks okay. again for taking time to be with us. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I hope you have all, you all have a great day. Peter Havland, the website lsspi.org, and on the hypnosis side, redoakhypnosis.com. He lectures, facilitates, consults, He's a private investigator and clinical hypnotherapist, 33 years of background in parapsychology and forensic hypnosis. Jim, come on up next week. We've got first-time guest Dave Spinks, um, West Virginia Bigfoot. All right. And, you know, we've got a new football coach here in Lincoln, Nebraska, 
for I've, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Scott Frost is the new guy. You know, the reason why Nebraska doesn't get any snow is because we've got frost. Oh. So I've 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 made the the public statement that to help the offensive line we've got to do some recruiting into that Bigfoot population. So maybe we'll talk with Dave about that next week here. Dave Spinks in West Virginia Bigfoot. Two weeks from today, Joe McQuillan, my search for Christopher on the other side. Three weeks from today is going to be an important date. We're going to have a lot of fun on February 9th. We're going to raise with your generosity and and good hearts. We're going to raise $1,500 in listener donations for nonprofit, non-commercial, independent KZUM radio. And it'll be a lot of fun. So I've shared my good news with you about uh, being cancer-free. I've also shared with you the, um, the brief legacy memorial to our friend, the late Gary Gablehouse, who passed this week. Uh, keep those that you love close and dear. Tell people that you love them. Don't let a day pass without that word not passing your lips. Jim, I'll see you again uh, shortly. Shortly. And, uh, or longly. And again, Jim, thanks for being you and thanks for being here. That was a lot of fun, Scott. Thanks for allowing me to participate. And we've got uh, a, a, a public figure of sorts in here now. We have a entertainer extraordinaire. Victor is in the studio. And Vic, I've got the mic open. What are you playing for your leadoff tune? Oh, I'm going to play Los Lobos. Ah. Los Lobos. Yes. Man. uh, Vic walks in with two bundles of music, so it's going to be a good show. If you folks are still chilly out there on this cold Nebraska morning here, Los Lobos is going to get you stomping your foot. I saw these guys perform, and, and they are so fun. And they engage the crowd and get the crowd going. Okay, stay tuned for Vic and Mesoterra coming up just as soon as I get out of this chair. <laughs> and one last thing. Los Lobos, sure. I, I grew up with these guys in East L.A., so I, I know them oh, very awesome. well. Okay, if you folks caught that, Vic says he grew up with these guys in East L.A. Yep. You survived. <laughs> yeah, I survived. I'm going to bet that on him. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to the conversation today with Colleen, or excuse me, um, Charlene with the Capital Humane Society, with Lloyd Arbach, and then our main guest, Peter Havlin. Thanks so much for being out there. Until next week, I'm Scott Colborn, Walk in Beauty.